1: Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittes, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is Three Steps to Flow. Three Steps to Flow is a going to be a patent-pending process that I have developed that is unique to the way that I experience flow and get into flow. I believe it's unique because other people have different methods and so I put together a course called Three Steps to Flow, and it is just the uh, system that I've narrowed down over the years of practicing flow states with many different ways of getting into flow. So it could be Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It could be playing a musical instrument. It could be doing virtually anything that's the point of it from my perspective is how to do virtually anything and be able to get into a flow state and so there are different levels of flow states in my experience and uh, I want to share that with people to be able to show how these how you know there's the the flow state that I think uh, most people who are into flow states know and are able to get into and that's we'll call that like the primary or the main the main flow state when you're in the moment, in the zone, everything is kind of just seeming to happen almost magically. That's a, a great flow state. And then there are flow states that are maybe not quite as deep, but they are um, kind of more like in retrospect flow states is kind of the way I look at it. So, for instance, let's say that and it's it is very much a mindset thing. I want to point that out. It's very much a um perspective and a almost a Zen kind of beingness around it. So instead of maybe being maybe even doing anything, maybe you're just reflecting upon recent experiences or past experience, and that gets you into kind of a, a zone of itself. And so, it may not be an active flow like where most of us are familiar with, but it might be a psychological flow, just reflecting upon a flow state you had and bringing that experience into your awareness now. And so, for me, that is what I might call mind flow. So, there are, for me, different levels, uh, different pieces that go into the flow experience you may be experiencing in your body if you're dancing or if you're surfing or if you're doing jujitsu if you're doing a musical instrument and then I believe there's also kind of more mental flow so maybe I'm trying to learn something new I'm trying to study um, mathematics maybe I'm doing my times tables and so I can get into a natural rhythm of learning these patterns of these Multiplication tables, and I'm not doing anything physical, um, but I am training my brain, and I'm being aware of the rate at which my brain can optimal optimally learn these timetables. And so for me, that is what I call mind flow, because I'm tuning in to the speed or the rate or the tempo at which I can best learn this thing, and that allows me to get into a rhythm, into a pattern, into a flow state. So that would be another type of flow state, the mental or the mind flow. So we talked about body flow. Body flow would be, you know, doing something physical. Maybe I'm doing some – maybe I'm doing physical work. Uh, I might be shoveling or hammering something or doing some kind of physical activity that is more fun, like surfing or running. And these things – could allow my body to be active and getting into a groove, getting into a, a pattern, getting into the flow. And so that would be what I would call mind, uh, body flow. Now they, there can be overlap for sure. You know, body and mind synchronized and then we have just a total flow experience. So there's that as well. Now let's look at some of these other modalities. So we've got body flow, we've got mind flow. What about spirit flow? What is that Winston? Great question, Winston. Spirit flow is when, for me, when I think of things that make me feel happy and at a deep level. So it might be, I might be doing a, a body flow or a mind flow, but it's something that is connecting me with the greater me, with the highest and best version of me, with maybe you call it God or the universe or a higher power or Allah, or whatever you call it, or connect to it, however way you recognize it, that is what I might call a spirit flow. So maybe you go to church, and you've got a community there, and you get into the singing and dancing, and you experience something that feels greater than yourself. For me, that's what I might call spirit flow. And then, or you're doing something you're passionate about and it charges you up. It feels like it's that part of you that's like, yeah, you know, connected with my community. I connected with nature, connected with the universe. I connected with my inner self. These things I would also call spirit flow. Then there is what I call social flow. And social flow for me is when any of these flow experiences connect with, one or more other people so it might be you know your best friend you run into them at the store or you're thinking about somebody and they call you out of the blue I've been having similar things happen a lot lately and uh, maybe there's a coincidence I'll tell you some neat coincidences I've experienced lately so one was um
0: Hi, friend, Winston here. Thank you for listening to the Find Your Flow podcast. I really appreciate you spending time here. So I want to hook you up with some free stuff from the Find Your Flow shop and uh, some awesome discounts. So go ahead over to findyourflow.com forward slash podcast VIP. That's podcast VIP as in very important person as you are to me for being a subscriber to the podcast on your favorite listening station, such as iTunes or Spotify or whatever. And I appreciate you so much. For listening go there put in your name and email address find your flow.com forward slash podcast vip and i will send you some cool stuff thank you again friend for listening take care and back to the show
1: so one neat one is uh there's a mastermind group i was a part of a few years back really really great mastermind group put on by a gentleman named henry evans the uh hour a day entrepreneur great guy great mentor and friend and he had a mastermind group that I was a part of. And one of the ladies in the group, Lisa, uh, Lisa by name, is a really cool lady. And we were in the group together and uh, learned a lot from each other, I think, and had a lot of fun. And she lived in Florida. Still lives in Florida. And I live in San Diego. So those are two opposite sides of the United States. Pretty far apart. And... Um, then, you know, a couple of years later, it's been, you know, the mastermind's been, uh, I haven't been involved with it for a few years. And all of a sudden, so I've been working, doing consulting full-time for the last couple of years for a great company here in San Diego. And all of a sudden, uh, there's a, kind of a new gentleman that started it inside the same building. He's a, one of the the wealth um. I forgot his title, but it's a cool title, <laughs> but uh, I was talking with him and, and I was looking at his Facebook, and I see that I see Lisa on his Facebook It's like what they work together. Um, not only did they know each other, they worked together at this other company, and then all of a sudden come to find out she's coming over to this new company that he's working at, so they she's now in the same building as me from halfway across the world or at least from fully across the United States and and so i see her now uh she doesn't come in all the time but she was there yesterday really cool we start chatting it up and uh just really really neat what a coincidence what a coincidence that this person who i know from across the united states is now magically working in the same building as me here out of all the places in the world she could have gone to work pretty neat huh i think so and then um other social flow so yesterday she was in the building like i said and uh, we were chatting a little bit at lunch and um she's like yeah she's helping build curriculum and interviews and podcasts for this company that's uh, that she works for now inside the building and guess what she is like oh yeah well i'm taking so-and-so to lunch today i'm working with so-and-so and this is an author that i happen to recognize the name because he's his book was a, a part of the book of the month club or book of the quarter club that i'm in and so it's like whoa that's him cool and i and i said quick hi and he you know didn't know who i was um but then um he thought maybe he did <laughs> i think he was just trying to be nice and uh and so afterward i was like hey do you think i could you know just say a quick hi so um you know he was uh getting in his room ready to go on for his uh you know creating his content with them and she introduced me and so i gave him a copy of the Finder flow book uh the, one of the first ones in the series Not the social experiment one, but the other one. And um, he was, you know, seemed gracious and uh, was cool. And it's like, yeah, I'd like to be on your podcast. I was like, whoa, awesome. So I'm going to have him. His name is Croy Sather, or Sather, I believe it's Sather. And he's the author of uh, Dream Big, Act Big. He runs a marathon every day and then does a speaking gig. So he runs across the United States doing speaking gigs he's running a marathon a day it's crazy he's acting big and so that was really cool that was quite a coincidence and so he asked me uh you know right there as I was meeting him he's like well what was your favorite part of the book and I was just like there was a part of me that quickly freaked out because I was like oh I'm on the spot he's calling me out what was my favorite part of the book quick man think think and fortunately my brain kicked in and it was like oh Well, you know, I think it's pretty amazing that you are running across the country doing this big, you know, amazing, crazy, big thing. And that's your point in the book is like, hey, think big and act big, dream big and act big. And you're speaking and that's what you're speaking about. So you're doing the thing that you are speaking about. And that's very, you know, in alignment and very synergistic. And I think that's really cool. And he's like, wow, well, it's funny that you say that. That's that's, uh, you know, the part is like, that's what I've been, fo- what I decided recently that I need to focus more on and, and come back to is that exact point. And um, so I felt like I passed the test, you know, <laughs> that's a good answer. And um, I also managed to throw in while I was, uh, you know, kind of talking about it that, um, hey, you know, my friend Lisa here, she does, you know, I was like, I'm not a runner at all, but uh, Lisa here's a triathlete. And he was kind of like, oh, and, you know, you're doing an Ironman. So they start chatting. So I, I was able to kind of, you know, make her look, look even better than she already looks. And um, so I felt good about that. So afterward, it was like, wow, that was – and then he's like, yeah, well, you got a podcast? Yeah, I'd like to be on it. I was like, cool, man. So um, he was really cool. And uh, it was just an amazing coincidence. What a coincidence. This guy who I happen to have read his book is in the office. And I got a chance to meet him and give him a copy of one of my books. And uh, – now it's going to be on the podcast so really neat coincidence and i was very excited about that and that's a great example of some social flow Whew. all right now the last one cash flow so cash flow is an area of life that is revolving around cash flow And why is this important for me why is this important for the finder flow movement because there you know i come uh very much from an artist background, in the sense that I've been a musician most of my life, pretty much almost all my life, and have a lot of artistic tendencies or things that might be described as artistic tendencies, being creative and being, um, liking to create things, music and other forms of art. And with that comes sometimes uh, certain mindsets that are kind of stereotypical, I think. Things that are, have been brainwashed into me, I would say, are programmed at some level that a lot of artists have picked up as well. And that is kind of this starving artist mentality, right? If, I'm not, if you're not starving for your art, then you're not a true artist. Or if you're trying to get paid for your art, then you're a sellout. And this is a very pervasive thought in and around many, many artists. I've personally known tons of artists and hung out with many, many artists and done lots of shows and you know, art shows and music shows over the years. And I can tell you that that, that's the way a lot of artists think. Musicians, DJs, painters, whatnot. And it sucks. It sucks if you've ever been in that position to be pushing and your art so hard and trying to get it out there, but at the same time, you know, it's like you're it's it's just a weird battle, it's a weird dynamic. You wanna get your art out there, you want it to be big, you want it to be appreciated, and yet if your you know, peers in the artist world are looking at you and see that you're trying to make money off it, some will be very much like naysayers about it. So for me, the that was a part that I really struggled with for a long time. And, uh, you know, as I got older and was m- trying to move out from – so I was doing a lot of music in the club scene, which I was making okay money but not great money. And then I, as I was getting older and we wanted to have kids and family and that whole thing, we – you know, I needed to make more money. I live in Southern California. It's freaking expensive here. And so I had to kind of branch out into niches that – provide more income. So I started doing more commercial gigs, started doing wedding, and there was a lot more money. Some people would argue that I sold out, I would guess. Um, you know, because I now all of a sudden I'm not playing the music that I really want to play, I'm playing music that I get paid to play. And <laughs> right? And not to say I don't like some of that music too, but it's, why was I doing it? I was doing it specifically to make income. So some people um, that I know, we're like, no, I'm not going to ever do that. I'm not going to sell out. I'm going to take this crappy day job instead, or this not necessarily crappy, but this day job so that I can just play the music I like when I play gigs. So I can understand that point of view too, right? You know, I'm going to keep the, the music and the art part as pure as possible. And even if I have to go do this other thing that I don't really want to do, I can keep the money over there and keep the art thing over here. And now it's somehow better. So that's one way to go about it, right? Um, But the the cash flow part for me is it's very important, right? Especially in society. And so for me, it's more these days about, okay, well, there's artistry and there is getting compensated for, if somebody likes your art and they feel moved by it, why shouldn't they buy it? You know, iTunes and, uh, you know, iTunes changed the whole music thing. It's hard for artists to make a living selling their music. YouTube, so much artist music is on there for free. You know, you don't even have to buy it. And even if you do, you buy one song for 99 cents or a buck 39, of which the artist sees, you know, 80 cents maybe, 60 cents something. It's like, you got to sell a million of those to make 600 grand. Well, that's that sounds like a ton of money, and it is, but it's also not, you know, you can't make how long will that last you for most people you know maybe six seven eight years again i live in Southern california so it's all relative but but the idea being it's you know it's not what it used to be and it's not that it was ever probably that great for most artists because there's a lot of artists you know and it's there's a whatever whatever friend you get the idea money